Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning and for me having all, being in my right mind and having all the activities of my limbs, even though sometimes I don't feel like it. So, again, I want to thank my Heavenly Father and also thank you, the loyal listeners, for tuning in and giving me your support, your information as far as your opinions and how you like the show and what it is that we're talking about. Now, today's topic is an interesting topic because many individuals may be aware that it is coming up really soon, which we have an election coming up. And we have what's called Super Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Now, with that being the issue here, many individuals are struggling with why vote. And I want to let people know why we should vote. And if you are running for an office, concerned about some of the propositions out there, you want to let your voice be heard or be known, I only ask that we be respectful. Because when it goes back to the question why vote, it's because your life and your happiness may depend on it. Now, I have my first caller on the show, and so let me log him on. How you Hello, doing here? this is Jeanette. How are you doing? How you doing there? Glad to be with you today. I am glad you accepted the invitation with such short notice. I appreciate you for doing that. And um, tell the listeners who you are, and especially as we're talking about this topic, why vote? Because today's show, I want to address the importance of voting because many individuals are concerned about the upcoming elections. Others are being distracted as well as demonstrating no interest at all. And the sad part is many individuals have fought and died for the right for people to vote. And we know tomorrow's a big day, especially for you, too. So tell the listeners who you are, and then let's get started with the show. Oh, thank you so much, Jeanette. I am Pastor Greg Tatum. I pastor a church in the city of Bakersfield called Change Community Church, and I'm running for the office of the mayor of our city of Bakersfield in Kern County. Uh, has close to 380,000 residents. So uh, for me, the importance is to show uh, that you care about whatever community you may live in and to make changes. For some of you that may not know, Kern County has the highest uh, number of of sexual transmitted diseases for young people, and also there have been... uh, pretty much numbered is number seven high, uh, highest uneducated as far as higher education in the nation. So those are some of the reasons I want to get involved as a pastor to change some of those uh, numbers around to get kids away from being promiscuous and also get them involved in education. So that's pretty much who I am, and that's what I'm trying to do, and that's why voting is important. Okay. What made you want to take on being a politician? Because I know I used to always say I talk too much to be a politician. And, um, you know, when I stand for something, I stand for it. I, You know, like they say, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And I like how you're talking about sexually transmitted diseases and education because individuals are not aware that herpes is also on the rise. And they thought that was a disease that kind of went away. And you talked about education. 
And it seems like sometimes you can get people and manipulate them when they're uneducated or they don't want to learn or don't want to express an interest in learning. So let's talk about that a little bit because I like the, the, what the, the two of the things that you just indicated. But what made you even want to go into this field or even become a politician? Well, uh, being a Christian and a pastor, uh, I had no inclination to get involved with politics. I kind of, you know, did like most people, separate church, uh, church and state. But God, mm-hmm. uh, originally, that's not in the Constitution. People don't know that. So and then they, they want to have a one church state like they did when they uh, left religious persecution when they came over here from Europe. So they misinterpreted. But what happened for me uh, around uh, 2011? I was introduced to a, a male prophet from the South and by via telephone, and he was talking to me about my life. And he had me on hold in the beginning, so I was like, well, what can he tell me? I'm on hold. And then when he came back from having me on hold in 2011, he said, uh, Pastor Tatum, uh, you're going to be involved in politics. Uh, God is going to use you. You're going to be on television. People are going to come from around the world just to talk to you. So that was 2011, so fast forward 2016. In our city, uh, the current mayor had been in office for 16 years, uh, like four terms, four years uh, for each term, and he decided not to run. And the Lord said, it's time for you to get into this race. And that was in 2016, and 25 people uh, put an application to run for the mayor of our city of Bakersfield, California, and I placed number six out of 25. So that gave me enough uh, insight from the Lord that, you know, I need to keep going in a couple of years later, 2018, I ran for, uh, ran for the uh, Senate position for District 16, which covers a, a million constituents, uh, 13 cities, three counties, San Bernardino County, uh, Tulare County, as well as Kern County. And I was able to get uh, 20% of the, the top four runners uh, numbers. So I, I was able to get like 18, 19,000 votes. So that's what yeah. happened pretty much following a vision of that uh, prophecy, really, that was given to me. Mm, wow. And you know what? And the thing is, it sounds like you just didn't give up. Because a lot of times when we talk about why vote, and sometimes individuals become so confused, so discouraged, and they make it so lengthy when we're looking at these ballots. It's kind of like, you know, some people just say, any, meeny, miny, mo. And some individuals just are so intimidated. Even with Jeff, and you're talking about the mayoral portion of what's going on in your community, you know, now we got even with the Democratic parties in regards for presidency, and I'm looking at people that are just dropping out, dropping out, dropping out. Now, when we start talking about voting, what is are some of the challenges that you've seen even in your area when we talk about even registered voter or voting registration? Because that's been a big topic of interest for some individuals, especially many of our younger generations. Yeah, a lot of the younger generation, you know, Generation X or whatever labels you want to attach to them, um, they feel that, you know, in many cases they vote really does not count, and they feel they don't have, um, you know, the interest of those that are running that really cater to what they want to hear about. And so, therefore, you know, they feel like they're left out of the process. And I'm just giving you an idea of the city I live in. We only have, like I said, 380,000 residents, but we have 19 high schools. So we have a lot of young people 
and a lot of those are going to be graduating that are able to uh, register at, at the age of 18. So the challenge is trying to find out, you know, what what their interests are and what's in it for them. If you can address mm-hmm. those issues, uh, I did mention, you know, sexual transmitted diseases, you know, in promiscuous in you know, junior high school, high school, as well as um, dealing with uh, the other problems of education. But there's another big one that's happening, and not just uh, in our city, but across Los Angeles, across the nation, that's the homeless situation, which yeah. is about 700. Yeah, so uh, they go into college. They got this big pile of debt from you know, loans, and they don't really see a future for themselves. They find themselves more and more in debt. They can't purchase a home. So their outlook for the future is kind of, uh, kind of a bleak. So you have to address their current poverty situation. Of, uh, I'm going to give you an example. There's this uh, ministry out here called Feed, Our, uh, Feed the Sheep of God. They go out to the colleges because some of these students are going to school not being able to eat. So they actually have to get donations of food just to survive in college. So we're living in a different time period in the 21st century. So we got to address their immediate needs in order to get them to feel that they're part of something. And I think they're uh, trying to gravitate people to have that message that resonates with them. Mm-hmm. And you know what, and that's interesting because when I first said why vote and I said because your life and happiness may depend on it and I'm looking at some information because a lot of times our seniors, you know, they're adamant because they know what it was like to not be able to vote or being a a woman and not having your voice heard. And, I mean, they take it serious because it is something serious. Now, when we talk about that and it says why vote, it says when you're just one person amongst millions, you're about to basically learn and you're learning more about life when we start talking about these things. But most U.S. citizens who are 18 and over have the right to be a part of a political decision-making process that impacts all of us. And that's what it is. It's the impact that it has on not just you, but also on other people. Because, Pastor Taylor, when we start talking about the propositions and things that are on the ballot, and they're addressing things that are on the ballot in regards to homelessness, and a lot of times individuals don't even read through a lot of the verbiage, but it does impact individuals. And we shouldn't ignore that privilege because our right to vote is a fundamental way of of our life, and it's why many Americans believe that not voting equals not caring. But then I want to throw in, we had that big issue in 2016 with cheating. Can we talk about that a little bit? Do you think that that's one of the issues that some individuals are afraid of with why should they vote if it don't matter, if people are doing things the way they want to? Most definitely. You know, when you look back at that time period, you know, that's the time when I first started running in 2016, a lot of people are really frustrated that, you know, they go out, they canvass and knock on doors. They do whatever to get people to get out to register to vote. And then it, it does not come into fruition on the things that they wanted to see happen in their cities because they feel somebody that has more money, more influ- influence and more power uh, has pretty much uh, usurp the system, and they feel that you know why well, try and got corruption like that. Most definitely, that would discourage any uh, group of people that's advocating for whatever uh, issues they are concerned with. Mhm. You know, and I was telling individuals, and I screenshotted it 
back in 2016, I got a call from Russia. And I'm like, I don't know nobody in Russia. <laughs> and um, it was interesting because I never thought that that was going to come to something else later on. But these things are happening. But I want to let the listeners know, do not be discouraged. Still do your part. Because if you do your part, then you know you did what you were supposed to do. Now, I'm looking at some information again, and it's coming from net, and it talks about if you are an eligible American citizen, here's why you should vote. Your vote is your voice, and you deserve to be heard. A lot is at stake than just who becomes president. Students and young people have the power to change anything. Higher education is becoming out of reach for far too many Americans. Health care is still a major problem that your votes can help solve. Climate change another is another big issue, and it threatens everybody's future, including yours. We owe it to American heroes, past and present, and you'll be seen as a doer, not a complainer. And other people are often dependent on you to do the right thing. It's your duty to help prevent favoritism. And you're lucky you even have the right to vote. And elections can serve consequences that last for decades. And you probably have a good excuse, or you don't have a good excuse not to vote. Now, you know, we've heard a lot of different, you know, people say a lot of different things, but what is some of what is your comments in regards to some of the issues that I put out there in regards to why we should vote? Well, uh, definitely, uh, if we vote, we have uh, a say so on seeing the things that we want to affect. For example, you made about the historical part of voting uh, when African Americans was free from slavery. They released about four million uh, ex-slaves into society. In certain areas they were concentrated in, in the South, they would definitely take over that area with their votes. So they made it mm-hmm. difficult for African Americans back then uh, that were released as former slaves to vote so that they could not get political uh, positions. So even today, uh, it's even a, a group of people, it's like we got the census coming out. Uh, certain mm-hmm. cultures, if they don't thing, participate. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have money allocated for these areas. So, yeah, your vote does count. It impacts a certain area. Uh, I have heard people say they ran for office, and because they didn't really go out to a certain uh, demographic, uh, they lost by 10 votes. If they would have got that extra 10 or 20 votes, they would have made a difference. But because the other person didn't think it was worth it, that extra 10, 20 people that said no would have changed that whole uh, uh, dynamic and trajectory of that city. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, you know, and a lot of times, um, Dr. Taylor, we so focus on just the president, and, you know, we know that there's other executive branches that are in the, you know, basically we start talking about that. But there's a lot more at stake than just who becomes president, because even though the race for president gets more attention, but plenty other crucial positions are being contested. And after all, the president, you know, we know should not be a dictator, but the American system of government is built upon a foundation of checks and balances at the local and state and federal levels. Now, depending on where individuals live, these are some of the things that's coming up with elections and also we have to vote for. We have to vote for U.S. senators, congressional representatives, state senators and representatives, 
state governors, mayors, which is what the position you're running for, city council members, and county judges. A lot of times we start talking about that. I, when I started my education, I wanted to become an attorney and then become a judge. I didn't even know that the judges were voted in. I thought it was just a job, you get promoted, you know, and so we're learning because there's a lot of things that we don't know. And like I was saying earlier, we start talking about those propositions. You know, they have a prop in San Diego County talk about Prop B for homelessness. You know, there's so much stuff out there that we really if you don't know or you have any questions, call in. Give us a call at five one six. Three eight seven one nine one four, and we'll see if we can answer some of your questions. If you are, like I said, if you're a politician, if you're running for an office, you have a platform, we also want to hear from you too because I want the voters to be well-informed and knowledgeable and get up and get motivated so we can go to these polls and we can vote if you have not already mailed your ballot in because it seems like they're trying to make it very convenient for some individuals. But we also have to do the work. Now, Pastor Tatum, what about, like you said, we're so busy stuck on the presidency, and we can talk about some of the individuals that have dropped out because, like I said, it's like like they're just dropping like flies now. And that was one of the things that was an issue. But how many individuals are on the ticket for are running against you? How many are on the ballot? Oh, right now we have currently five. Uh, we only have we have two write-ins, so really it's actually like three because on the ballot you won't see those two write-ins. So uh, we did a debate on February 13th. I think it was on uh, uh, ABC News in locally in uh, Bakersfield, and a lot of people from all demographics said that uh, uh, me and the incumbent, who's a, she's a Chinese American, and um, that we were the two prominent. Uh, winners of the debate that we we you know we outshine the other three, so I thought that was hopeful. So, comp- uh, comp- uh, compared to 2016, when I first tried for mayor at our city, it was 25 people, and I placed six. So now it's, it's down to hopefully tomorrow to be me and the incumbent, because whoever gets 50% plus one wins is the primary, which is tomorrow's primary. But if we could offset the incumbent, which is well known. And I could be right behind her, and she does not get 50%. I'll be in a runoff in November would be the general election where you vote for the president and all the local offices you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. That's good to hear because I remember having a conversation with you back in 2016. So that Amen. is great. And like I said, I'm proud that you did not give up. And that shows that you're really interested for the people because a lot of times people go in or they may have their own agenda or people are putting them in there, you know, and, and that, that shows a lot. It also shows character, too, because when we're talking about these elections, there are things that are like we talked about that are at state, college affordability, mm-hmm. because that's getting out of control. Health care is a big issue. Climate change, immigration, gun control. Mm-hmm. Criminal justice, workers' rights, mm-hmm. LBGTQ rights, reproductive rights, mm-hmm. taxes, and foreign policy. And those are some of the things that they really sometimes don't want people to know anything about. Correct. And that's the sad Correct. part. So what can we do to try to help individuals become more knowledgeable in some of these areas to let them know that, you don't have, like they always say, if you go worry, don't pray. If you go pray, don't worry. However, we do have to have a sense of what's going on. Amen. 
But one of the things we can do is like what you're doing with your podcast is make, uh, informing the voters and the, the people that are in your community and the sphere of influence you have, and that is a great way to do it. And if you have a blog page, write a blog, or anything that you feel that you can help your community, have a little local meeting like a neighborhood watch meeting and really help articulate and explain the complexities of a certain uh, you know, bill or uh, some issue that you're concerned. So just take the initiative to, you know, I'm going to be the one in my community and explain what this proposition is and that proposition and so that you can get through all the fluff and to get through the comprehensive uh, writings of this particular bill. So I think that's the start, and, and I want to salute you for what you're doing today. I, You know what? I do the best I can. That's all I can do is just do the best I can. I'm very obedient. And I try to put out there things that's going to help, motivate, encourage, and empower. Because that's what it seems like is happening is a lot of individuals are feeling helpless and hopeless. And some individuals just say that they don't care, but they do care. You know, even as a therapist, you know, with some of the work that I do, I always, when a person say, well, I don't care, well, it don't matter. It does matter, and you do care. You know, and I remember as a kid making a comment to my mother when it came, because I remember back when Jimmy Carter was president and Ronald Reagan, and, you know, and I'm in middle school, and I'm saying they don't have nothing to do with me. My mother knocked the crap out of me, you know, and I will never forget that slap. Because back then they was going through a lot of stuff and the comment that I made, because as a child, I felt that it didn't have an impact on me, but it impacted her, which also impacted me, too. And I didn't realize that. So we can't just continue to go around with our head in the sand like it don't matter. Because while individuals, like I said, are becoming more confused, and what bothers me the most, Pastor Tatum, is it seems like they're using African Americans, the handicapped, and the seniors as, like, bait. You know, you got individuals with black folks over here and, like, hey, they my friends. And, and, and I don't I – don't, that's sad. That's really sad. You know, we have to be mindful of those things and educate ourselves and just listen sometimes with that third ear because some of these commercials and some of the information that they put out there is so misleading. And my mother used to always say, either confuse them or convince them. So when we start Amen. talking about that, mm-hmm, any comment you want to make on that? Yeah, you know, and you're, you're right, and that's where it, it takes a person that's astute to really look up the information, check it out for yourself, and that way you can have a, a great understanding before you make that decision. Because if you just take that little sound bite and run with it and uh, not getting uh, do your due diligence and, and research it. So you're absolutely right. I, I think you uh, hit hit it right on the nail with that. Mm-hmm. Now, in your running for mayor, and I want to kind of explain something because I know that many individuals, even myself, I used to be confused when it comes to the popular vote versus the electoral college. Can you explain that, how that works? Well, my understanding that the Electoral, they have the certain power to vote in blocks where that that particular uh, vote of people versus the popular popular. You might be just like Hillary won the popular vote uh, against uh, Donald Trump in 2016. 
but there are blocks of of voters that are set aside that are delegates that have the actual representation for that area, that concentration, and those are the, the votes that count. And you may not know who those delegates are, uh, delegates delegates are, because you know they're secretly hidden or whatever. So it would be like um, if we sent somebody to uh, D.C. from Los Angeles to represent uh, four million people in Los Angeles, two million. That people would have the power of all those people. So it's mm-hmm. important to understand how we, these colleges work and what is the number that they represent. And that's what got Mr. Uh, Trump in versus mm-hmm. having a popular vote. And uh, so just a small number of people representing the masses. If you can get it in that mm-hmm. uh, uh, platform, you can have a little better understanding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and but we start talking about the electoral votes. We only hear that with the presidency, not in the local votes. But I want the listeners to hear this because I'm looking at something, and it's coming from com, And it says, in regard to the role of the electoral colleague, and it talks about how this is something of a bum rap, especially over the last couple of decades. It's often said that leaders in the U.S. are chosen by the people in a majority vote, but is that the case with the presidential election? There are five presidents that have been elected to the White House after losing the popular vote. And it's funny because um, Trump didn't even want to admit to losing the popular vote. He wanted to make it seem like he just won it all, but we know that's a whole different issue. But when we talk about John Quincy Adams was one, Rutherford Ford, B. Hayes, Benjamin Harrison, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump, they all lost the popular vote but still became president. Now, when we're talking about other votes or other um, races, like for mayor, that don't apply. It's the popular vote, correct? Correct. Okay, because a lot of individuals may not even know that. So they may not realize that's another reason why they vote matter, because we need the popular vote. That's where it comes in numbers. And when we start talking about absentee ballots and all of these different things, a lot of individuals – I'm going to tell you something else that um, Pastor Tatum that was confusing for me as a kid. Sometimes they would say who the candidate was without even all the votes being counted. And I used to be like, wait a minute, that don't make no sense. You need to count <laughs> right. all the votes. <laughs> How you do right, this thing right. one and you, only, you haven't even counted all the, the precincts? Can right. you explain that? What, what is that about sometimes? <laughs> well, my understanding is that, let's say, for example, they say they got a 1,000 more ballots to count, and they mm-hmm. recognize that 75 80% of all precincts are being counted, but out of the remaining precincts, you only got like a thousand. And the person that uh, seemed like they're ahead, maybe they're ahead by five thousand votes. So they can go ahead and declare that it's going to be obvious, because even with this other thousand that they haven't counted, that person can't uh, win because the the person that you're going to get is five thousand votes ahead. Is most, you know, you'll get he'll be four thousand ahead, and you still don't have enough votes. So I think that's what they do. They look at the numbers that, you know, this person is 10,000 votes ahead, but we only got 500 more ballots to count. There's no way in heaven that 500 is going to pass the extra 10,000. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what happens in many cases. Wow. Seeing what's, re- what's left versus what's already out there. Mm-hmm. 
But we got to go back to motivating individuals and having them realize it's your responsibility. We all yes. bear a responsibility in this, whether we realize it or not. Another thing, um, Pastor Tatum, is a lot of times individuals believe or they may have a criminal background or they think that their um, voting rights have been taken away. Can you give individuals a little knowledge in regards to that? Because some people don't know how to get their voting rights restored if they've ever been convicted of a crime. Well, I think as long as they don't have a felony, in most cases across the nation, they can vote. You know, if they have a misdemeanor or whatever, but a lot of people don't realize that. But most definitely across the 50 states of the United States, there's been uh, historically uh, any felons, they're not eligible, but they're trying to change that in various states. But if you, you know, if you had a past history and it haven't been a sponsor, especially if it was not a felony, you need to check in to find out what is it uh, title is. Is it a misdemeanor or is it whatever? And, and, you know, as long as it's not a felony, my understanding is you, can, you have the right to vote. And then some states are even trying to allow felons to vote. So find Ooh. out. Even though and that's years the ago. thing we need to educate ourselves and find out because I know individuals that have been convicted of felonies and still vote. You know because they yeah, registered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it depends. And a lot of like I said, you know, it depends on where you're at and what's uh, what's allowed. So you need to do your research on that. Mhm. And don't be distracted. If your name is down there, tell them you want to vote. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Amen. You know, a lot Amen. of times individuals was turned away. The polls was closing early. We have another caller calling mm-hmm. in. Let me log on this caller. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. Number ending in 69. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing well, Miss Thea. You know, <laughs> quick question, because I know you attend Friendly Church of God in Christ. What's mm-hmm. going on with the church in Oceanside as it relates to this Y vote? Have you guys been instrumental? What's going on? And what do you, you know? What it, there has, as far as um, vote, you voting, there has not been much mentioned. We have um, talked about some other issues concerning this um, coronavirus, but there has not been much talk about the camp uh, politics. And, you know, and that's interesting because before, years ago, the churches would be adamant of making sure we are aware to go to the polls. To do, and it seems like you're hearing less and less and less, and we get more information on television, but a lot of individuals don't even watch TV anymore. Yeah. You know, and now we're even being bombarded with stuff on Facebook and Twitter, and, and that's how we're getting a lot of our information. But, then what do you want to add to this show as we're talking about why vote? Um, you know, I was debating on whether or not I was going to call in because I really don't. You know, if it wasn't for other people that encouraged me to vote, I'm one of those people, I don't really want to vote. I'm like, you know, I feel like I have heard other pastors talk about stuff. I mean, they well, my pastor does pray for the politicians, you know, He, but as far as bringing up votes, he hasn't um, mentioned anything to try to lead us or steer us in which way to go to vote, but 
he does pray for the politicians and their um, wise decision-making and things like that. But if it hadn't have been for a particular person in my life who was a very positive influence um, for me, I wouldn't have voted this year. I have not voted since my 31-year-old was in the stroller. And that was because my mom talked me into it. But I'm one of those people, I'm like, it's going to happen anyway. One vote doesn't make a difference. But I have someone who's very, like I said, very influential in me because, you know, I'm new, I'm in recovery. And um, she was really upset by the fact that I wasn't going to vote. And, and she just kind of made me feel like, okay, well, you know, one, one, one vote will make a difference, which I really still don't think it does. But um, I heard you saying just as I called in to people with, who um, are ex-felons and not voting. So it it is true if anybody's listening and you have felonies on your record because I am an ex-felon and I did just vote. But um, as far as which way it goes, I'm, I believe that um, – that's something the Lord is going to just happen anyway. I mean, if you're really, really strong, opinionated about voting, then definitely do it. And if you have people that you think would vote but don't think they can, then, yeah, sure, encourage them. But, um, yeah, that's why I voted. <laughs> I have a question for you, Tia. I have a question. Uh-huh. Where do you that attitude came from? Because it's an attitude. When you have people that have died and fault and, you know, women didn't have a voice or didn't have a right to vote. Where do you think the attitude came from? Because the attitude came Oh, I know from- where it came from. It came from my grandma because, you know, you know, my mother, my mother was full-blooded Indian. We're, we're the Sioux of South Dakota and Nebraska area. And um, my people went through a lot when it when it came to the, these states first being founded. My grandmother did a lot of uh, helping to raise me growing up because um, you know the story there. I spent a lot of time living with my grandma, and my grandmother had some very strong opinions against this government. And I I believe I share those. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's just um, they're going to do people dirty no matter which way you vote. I mean, I don't think there is such a thing as a good politician. If they're in politics, that right there lets you know, be warned. Well, see, but the thing is this, Thea. We all have our, there's good, there's bad, but there are good mm-hmm. people to do good things. And so then it becomes one of those to where that attitude, that belief, that perception, you know, it's like acculturation and assimilation. So if we take on that view, it's like a person say, well, all lawyers lie. But by that same token, you need a lawyer. (laughs) You need someone to advocate for you to fight for your cause. And that's where the politician, I mean, and we start talking about different parties and what side you on. People may not agree with everything, but people shouldn't be disrespected. And today we're seeing a lot of respect, but I have not held on to this, well, because you got this job, you got to be this type of person, because sometimes the job may not, it got to kind of fit your personality, but again, sometimes that is based on people's experience, and I'll accept that when I hear it, but Mm -hmm. I don't like when people say all, all politicians are not bad people, all this or not. Well, I think that's true. Because people used to say individuals that own businesses and rehabs were all recovering addicts, and I'm not a recovering addict. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm an exception to the rule. Or just people are just doing it, or people come into programs and say, well, all they want is my money. No, there are people out there that really, really care and really, really yeah. have you know, put their life on the line to make sure that people, other people have. It's like a parent leaving a legacy to someone else. 
So right. my thing with with politics is, I mean, I look at the the whole big picture. What are you trying to accomplish? And I know it's not easy. I remember buying the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, and my mother told me when I was dealing with my battle, she said, baby, you're going against the system. The system is designed to keep people on drugs and in the system, and you trying to get them out. It's been 15 years later. I'm broke as all outdoors, but I'm still doing it <laughs> because I believe in doing the right thing no matter what. But, like, for me to be a politician, I know people ain't going to think that I'm going to, um, I'm not, you ain't going to bribe me. It's like I used to tell the clients, I'll eat your food and still terminate you. So, well, see, that's it, the, I'm going to do what's the one right. Thing. That's the one thing, okay, I have to agree with you there. There there probably is like one in every 1,000 politicians. Maybe there's one to two good ones. But the thing is, okay, now I'm going to have to take your mom's side on this. The system is designed a specific way, and I'm speaking from my own life experiences and just watching, just sitting back and watching the way things unfold. I believe this system is set up for specifically for the rich to get richer and the elite to shine brighter. And if you don't if you don't fit in that mold, no matter how good your intentions are, no matter what you want to do, how how much I mean, if if we could have world peace today but people have to give up their money and their status, they wouldn't do it because it comes with a certain kind of um uh view, you know, people aren't going to change their view overnight. I mean, we still have people walking around that are mad because all black people are still slaves, you know, but the system, but, but look at what, but look at what happens when, when people try to get in people of, of positions of authority. You yourself have been attacked by the, by the county of Orange, by, by a whole county, you know, and I'm sure that has something to do with your race. And that's how this system is designed. Like the Indians, when they opened up the casinos, the government did what? Boy, if they could have took back that land they give us all those years ago, they would have because they had gaming going on in the casinos now. But they never did nothing to the Italians when they opened up Las Vegas. No, because they knew not to mess with the Italians because the government of America, no matter how corrupt it is, they know not to mess with the Italians. They left them alone. But when the Indians that they tried to kill off started doing the same thing, then they had a problem all of a sudden. But let me say this, dear. I'm going to say this, and then I want Pastor Tatum to speak on this. You are absolutely correct, and I hear your passion. And if you were to take that passion and you're taking that passion now into recovery, because you know what? I got a book that's about to be coming out at the end of this month, and it talks about women in business. I can't wait. So I can talk about I'm that. I'm that's going to be on March the 28th at the Baldwin Hills Mall, and I am being honored in Orange County with an organization full of a lot of Caucasian women where they, I was nominated, and they had me as an honoree. I never thought that wow. would happen in Orange I didn't know nothing about Orange County. And so, but the thing is, I didn't give up. I continued to do mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do, and those individuals are gone. It goes back to, I remember a person told me about Psalm 37, and I stood on that word. I don't let individuals confuse me, distract me, or tell me who I can and who I cannot be. You know, I, yes, yeah. as an African-American woman, I have had people come into my company and say, well, can I speak to the manager? And I say, I am the manager. Well, who's your boss? And I say, I'm the owner. And they walk out. You know, you've mm-hmm. seen that doing something with me. But it don't deter yeah. me from trying to help individuals that want my help. So even if I was a politician, 
I wouldn't know that, and I don't think that's why I probably would do good in politics because people would tell me, you know, they would probably think different of me, and I don't care, but they would respect me. But by that same token, Thea, you have to learn the game. Right. So one of the things, you learn the rules. Pastor Tatum, what do you have to say on that as a politician? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I was reading a quote. I won't be able to quote it exactly like Martin Luther King. He, he said that he was not uh, – he don't conform to consensus. He's a, a maker of consensus, meaning that he don't let people define him. And I, I like that what you were saying. You're not defined by what people's opinion is. You're defined by who God made you to be. So that mm-hmm. being said, you know, to stay true to you, whoever you are. And that's what I went into this politics being a God's man and not a, a man that is uh, connected with certain groups or organization. Um, give you an example. Uh, when I told you I ran in 2016, I came in six out of 25. And give you a, an idea, the person that came in second position, uh, this individual spent over a half a million dollars and knocked on 11,000 doors. Uh, this other person came in third, spent over 100,000, and I came in sixth. I spent less than 1,500 dollars because uh, I had faith and I didn't feel that. Uh, whatever God has given me to work with, and uh, he showed me that I can get in a high position without trying to manipulate the system. So I, I stayed true to my uh, convictions and allowed God to deal with me. And then when I ran the second time, I sold a vehicle of my own without even uh, taking any money. So just letting you know, it's ways to do things. You know, you can take donations, but for all the times I've ran, I always use my own finances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thea, you haven't been around me in a while, and I don't know if I shared this with you. I remember in 2007, just speaking of Orange County, I remember in 2007 when I bought my company, I didn't know an LLC from an S-Corp to a C-Corp, and I learned. <laughs> I read books. I did. I went through hell and high water with those individuals. But I didn't take it personal, and that's what was so interesting. I didn't take it personal. But I remember in 2007 being kicked out of a meeting at a CADVOC meeting where someone from the probation department heard my, saw my face, whispered over to the other person and said, Jeanette Abney is here. They called me in the hallway and said I had to go. I said, excuse me? You're kicking me out of a meeting, out of a library? They said, we will not be here with you. Thea, next wow. week, guess what? They had what? an election. And I'm the president of CADVOC. The same meeting they tried to put me out of with probation, when they read the results of our last meeting, I pretty much won by a landslide. And I need one run. Praise God. (laughs) So now I'm president of the same place I got kicked out of. So I am going to do my best to make a difference by educating individuals about domestic violence in regards to intimate partner relationships, working with sheltered-based places, not only in Orange County, but L.A. County, San Diego County, Riverside County. You know I do a lot of help other individuals become business owners, and you know how I am with business. I got a bag of bills. I don't even open them. (laughs) It's not about money. So I know that there are people that are out there that care because I'm one of them that cares. And I'm sitting here thinking next week, hey, I gotta put a meeting together, an agenda together, and I don't know. I was like, it, 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 I gotta go be around the same. So, and the sad part about it is, some of the probation officers that kind of went went astray because I started writing letters when they started messing with me. I gotta deal with these folks again, but now I'm the president. Can't put me out the meeting oh. this time. 
<laughs> See, because God can turn it around. And so yeah. God can give you favor to go in there and make a difference. And so that's what makes a difference. Now, if you've got evil people doing evil things, of course things can happen. But things are being turned around the, all over the world. So we right. start talking about this coronavirus and stuff like that. we got to wonder, and I'm not going to say why, but look at what's going on. Things are being cleaned up. People are being shifted out and moved out. So um, you, people got to do what they're supposed to do. Any comments, concerns, Pastor Tatum, you want people to know when we start talking about this voting? Because, like I said, when they voted for me for president, I'm like, oh, Lord, because I had always said I was only going to run if something wasn't going to change because I didn't want to see Orange County go downhill when it comes to dealing with individuals because domestic violence is on the rise and also with teenagers. So I got to do my part. Amen. Amen. Well, I just need to, you know your listeners and yourself to keep me in prayer for tomorrow. Um, it's a very important race for our city. A lot of people are really um, hoping that I can make an impact, and that's what I'm hoping. And uh, the, the sad thing about it is some of these uh, uh, people, I don't know if I gave you a, a, a demographic background, our city is 55% Caucasian, uh, it's f- uh, 40% Hispanic, and we have like uh, 8% African American, maybe 6% Asian. Uh, in the 151 years of our city's charter, we uh, they never elected an African American. So it would be a mm. historic event if it happened. So I'm praying for, and it'd be a win-win. I, I let people know it's not just for African Americans, for the whole city to show that we have evolved and now we are part of showing that we have inclusion. So it would be a win-win across the nation as well as giving us an international spot. So that's what I need to, to solicit your prayers for tomorrow. And you know what? And I like what you said about evolved. That's what people, a lot of individuals don't realize, is how do we evolve? How do we, like I said, things are changing. So I'm praying for you. Hope you get it. If not, I'm going to call Dr. Lisa Romain. We have to come down there and celebrate with you anyway. Or you got to come on. Amen. Way. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it would definitely Amen. be an honor to be have fun. <laughs> but we talking about evolve. Pastor Tatum, let the listeners know what, what that actually means, because a lot of people don't. Well, when you say evolve, you have come to the awareness that one person or one culture is not better than the other, that we all need each other. You know, like I said, it takes a village to, to raise someone. So everyone, every demographic, every nationality makes that community what it is. So this community has never entertained having a um, a black uh, mayor, but if they could show that they have evolved into a city that is vibrant in the 21st century, year 2020, looking at hindsight, that they're ready to go forward with uh, new innovative ideas. Let's bring in someone that don't look like us. Let's be able to show that we have evolved from uh, biases and prejudice and that we can do things together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's a big difference between a person being a racist and a person being a bigot, too. You know, and it's interesting because as soon as you said that, I thought about it, and I'm quite sure you probably know him, too, Thea. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to think. He, now I just had a brain fart. Terry. When Terry became our first African-American mayor in the city of Oceanside, they was all for it. And then what did we look at? Recall, recall, recall. 
I'm like, what the world? Because he didn't come in doing what they wanted him to do. And sometimes you got to be careful with that. But like I said, only what you do for God will last. So sometimes you're looking at the color of a person's skin, but not realizing what's in the person's heart or giving people a chance. And some individuals are operating out of fear, just like even, like I said, and the respect. So when we start talking about why vote, we have to be respectful because we saw so much, even with what was going on with some of the debates that we even saw on television. You know, Pastor Tatum, they really kind of made it kind of comedy or a, a, a joke. Individuals are being, yes. I mean, we always knew that politics could be downright dirty. But it's been yes. just downright dirty and downright just disrespectful. But we have to go back to respecting one another, too. Yes. Yes, that's true. And I, I want to say something. You brought up something that's very important. And I won't mention the individual name, but I'm from, like, this is a very conservative county. And me and my wife was at an event in Orange County. You know, ironically, we speak of Orange County. On January 20th, what they said, celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday. In our city, they had actual Martin Luther King's birthday. They have always every uh, year. Um, and when we was at this event, it was about six, 700 people, uh, predominantly uh, white Christians. And we had black pastors there, and some of them that are in, in the IE. And uh, they were asking specifically at this event, we want 300 pastors to run for public office, 300 pastors, okay? I was the only pastor that came down with one of the other pastors from another city. I won't mention that. And um, one of our state representatives was there that uh, is known by all the black community, always go to the churches, always getting the black vote. And because this particular individual was supporting the opponent who I'm running against, and they, uh, she didn't know I was there, and they announced my name that I was running for the city of Bakersfield. She got so upset, she turned at me and was staring me down. She was really upset, and supposed to be a Christian from my own town. And then that later on that night, that individual was announcing other people to pray for states. He ran for state senate assembly, and this guy walked me down. I was the only African American pastor. Said, and also we have Pastor Tatum from Bakersfield running for mayor. She did not mention my name. She snubbed me in front of all those people. and But yet she claims to be a Christian, and mm-hmm. she's a Caucasian sister, but she slighted me. And I had a talk with her friend. I said, you know, God, give me a big platform. We need to have a conversation because if you're saying you support Christians, particularly a pastor, and I'm the only one that came down, and you did not mention my name, that's going to be talked about in the public square. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And the thing is, and I tell individuals, sometimes we have to learn how to fight differently. You know, I've had individuals that are senators that will say, when I was fighting with Orange County and dealing with the issues I was dealing with, they were like, Jeanette, we need you to run for politics. We need you. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no. (laughs) You know, I would if I had to, if I had no other choice. But I found a way to make my voice be heard to where even as a therapist, like I started the conversation by saying that I had wanted to be an attorney and then become a judge. But, see, now I have the ability to speak with pastors, speak with individuals in law enforcement, speak with individuals that are politicians. I have um, speak with individuals that have criminal records that are on prison or in prison or parole or probation, you know, people that are in gangbangers or what I get to speak to people from all walks of life. 
and I can adapt because I have the ability to be able to connect with individuals. Even being trained as a diversity leader, because that's one of the problems is people that fear and their own insecurities handicap them, and it affects their ability to think. And a lot of times people struggle with that because there was no reason for that woman to do that to you. And then if you were to confront her, she ain't going to do no lie. And then it's, it ain't going to do yeah. no piss you off. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> so yes. sometimes we have to use humor and we have to learn how to fight differently. And it goes back yeah. to when we talk about election, when people talk about conceding. A lot of times individuals be like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a loser. Sometimes you can win in a lot of different ways, they don't even realize you won. You won that battle, you know, because there's a difference between a battle and a war. So, yeah, just yes. just keep your spirit, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what Amen. you're doing. And God will continue Amen. to elevate you, and then you don't even have to worry about individuals that will do things like that. Because, like I said, I can, many days, I'll never forget one time I was at a meeting, and probation walked by and gave everybody a pamphlet and skipped me. I wrote a letter. They said they didn't have enough to give me one. That man looked me dead in my face, rolled his eyes, and walked right by me. I smiled. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what individuals would try to do to piss you off and make you mad, you don't even have to give them the power. And like I said, that's yeah. where we, the things that we would see and we're seeing on television when it comes to our election because people are trying to intimidate other people, and that needs to stop. That really needs to stop. Yeah. Now, I have some information I want to share in regards to why people don't vote. And one of the things that they list, they said that reason one, people don't vote, is lack of interest. We do need to become more interested in what's going on because, like I said, when we talk about health care, we all need it. Education, we all need it. Climate change, it's happening. When individuals are talking about, you know, the difference in legalizing things like marijuana and things that be on the ballot and people think that they can do what they want to do, we got to realize some things are meant for, to destroy individuals and handicap individuals. When we talk about homelessness, many individuals are one check away from being homeless to now they're talking about making little mini houses for individuals. I guess you can just push your house around. You know, it's just so much going on, but we do need to develop an interest. The second reason people don't vote, lack of knowledge. Many individuals who don't vote believe they don't understand enough about the government, the election process, or individual party policies. You know, we don't have to get so caught up in parties, but just make sure you – and if it's something that's bothering you, we got to learn how to call, make a telephone call. Like I said, I will write a letter in a heartbeat. And when I get finished writing my letter, you will swear Johnny Cochran came from the grave by the time I get finished. <laughs> So people say, where do you get all that knowledge from? You know, I just use my wisdom, implement wisdom. So lack of knowledge, even in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about how our people will perish due to lack of knowledge. We need to learn. Don't just stay where you don't know. There's a difference in being ignorant. You know, just have the ability to be open-minded. Another reason is the people don't vote is because they're of a disillusionment. It is clear a large proportion of individuals have had enough of political elite. They're tired of it. That's kind of what Thea was going on and da-da-da-da. You could hear what she's talking about is that entitlement. People are tired of that. Another one, 
a reason why people don't vote? Safe seat residents. Many people who don't vote are nonetheless interested in politics and even support their political party, but don't vote because they feel their vote would be wasted. That is one of the things, and they was bringing up about a lot of the, with the um, Democratic with the president, we had so many candidates, people were buying their way in, and, you know, and then if you vote here, that person may not be able to get enough votes to continue. So some of those individuals are dropping out for a lot of different reasons, but it doesn't mean that their work should stop. They can continue in regards to what they stand for and what they believe in. Another one is they talk about is reasons people don't vote is, like we talked about earlier, is they can't. And if you feel that you can't investigate, look into it, if how you can go about getting your rights restored. Thea, anything else you want the listeners to know? No, I'm okay. I'm just, no, well, yeah, one thing, I mean, if you feel like you don't like the way things are going politi- politically, then if you have the option to vote, vote. At least you can say I tried to make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing, Thea. If you see things are not going the way they should be going, you can start how to you can learn how to write a bill. You can learn how to put things on the ballot. That's how this stuff gets started. You know, I remember listening as a kid, Schoolhouse Rock, and that commercial when he say, "I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill." You know, I remember that's that about government. Other than that, we wouldn't have known. I didn't know how you could call your state assembly person or, you know, do you know some people don't even know who their mayor is? They don't even mm. know who's on the city council mem- members are, school board members. They don't even know. But let something happen. they mad at the world. But you don't even know who to take your concern to. So that's where it starts. If you want to get something going, start it on your own. You know, otherwise things won't get done. And um, Pastor Tatum, what else do you want the listeners yes. to know? Because I'm on this this, this ranting <laughs> raving right about now. Okay, <laughs> I want them. I want them to know you, you. You're going to have the hottest uh, podcast in the nation, and that uh, they got to get ready for you because they haven't seen nothing yet. That is true, and it's funny because Thea, no, I be shooting from the hip sometimes. <laughs> One of my cousins told me, Jeanette, you need to prepare. You need to take four hours a day. I said, if I take four hours a day, I'm going to forget what I'm supposed to be talking about. So I'd rather do it <laughs> That way they know it's not staged, it's not rehearsed. You know, I was talking to Lisa last night, and I was like, Lisa, what about, and Lisa was like, well, you know, he's running for mayor again. I said, well, let him know if he want to be if he's interested. So you know this wasn't staged or prepared or anything Amen. like that. So Amen. that Amen. you a- know it's, it's that's when you know it's authentic. Okay. Yes. Hey, Pastor Tatum, let him know we want you to vote, 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 vote. If you're in where the current county Bakersfield, yeah, but, we need to get him in as mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Amen. little bit too late. We talk about I'm going to mail my ballot in tomorrow, and you know it's already supposed to be in. So now you got to get up off your butt and go stand in line and find out. What about vote, voting polls? Where, How is that looking Where in your area? Yeah, they, what happens is they send you out your, your packet in the mail, and they tell you what your voting uh, poll location is. So they should look on the back of their uh, pamphlet. It'll tell them where to go. Some people uh, have the privilege to mail, you know, do it by mail, or you can drop it off 
it, uh, various post offices and also the election offices on Truxton in the city of Bakersfield. So there'll be a lot of places you can drop it off with no problem. You got till 8 p.m. tomorrow to do that. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know during the last ele- um, election, you can also drop it off at your local library. So I don't know yes. if you guys have the ability to do that out there where you are. But if you don't know, Google it. The Internet is notorious. It's helpful in regards to that. Type in your information. They probably can let you know. But do something. Don't complain about it later. Do something. Amen. Teach your children. Teach your grandchildren about the power and numbers. You know, Amen. we have to do better. So, again, I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. We start talking about why vote. And I keep calling you Pastor Tatum, but tell them your name, name, so they'll know when it's on the ballot. Oh, okay. It's going to show Gregory Tatum, and a, not, right adjacent to it, it's going to say Pastor. There's only going to be three names on there. There's my opponent and a guy named Joe, and it's going to have Gregory Tatum, and it's going to have, in parentheses, Pastor, so you can't make a mistake. Okay. Well, again, thank you very much because you know what, Pastor? That's something that people get confused on, too, because sometimes we get used to nicknames, and then you go in there looking for that nickname, you can't find it, you mess around and vote for the wrong person that you didn't mean to vote for. So we have to be very clear and specific, especially when we're dealing Amen. with people when we talk about elections. That's why I wanted to put it out Amen. there. So, again, thank Amen. you for joining me at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I will be on tomorrow with Lady T and Tony Hoy, and we're going to be talking about You Can't Take My Joy. So we're going to be talking about the joy or having joy in our life where people say that they want peace, but yet sometimes we disrupt our own peace. So click on the link. Again, you can join me at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until tomorrow, remember, you've got this. Thank you, Pastor Tatum. Thank you, Thea, for joining me. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.